Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Welcome to episode 77 of Yarns from the Plain. Stick a fork in me, baby. I'm done. Welcome back to returning listeners. It's good to have you back. And a lovely welcome to new listeners. Budge up, everybody. Make them some room. Come in. Settle down. Come and join the crack. How are you all? It's been a couple of weeks since I put the last podcast up. Um, maybe three weeks since I spoke to you last, recorded last, and as you might have worked out from the title of the podcast, Stick a Fork in Me Baby, I'm Done, I've got some finished objects to share, woohoo, how exciting is that, and they're not even anything I talked about last episode, yeah, I know, my knitter's ADHD has struck again, I'm going to blame it squarely on Maria of Subway Knits. Now I know that sounds really unfair and uh, really just not nice, but um, I hope she'll forgive me. But, but uh, the 1st of October saw the start of her queue-along. She does a, a regular queue-along where she encourages everyone to do a knit-along of things that are already in your queue. And the idea is to clear the queue. Instead of ooing and ahhing over everybody else's things and just adding more things to your queue and not getting anything of them done, her queue along recommends and encourages you to shift things out of your queue. So, bearing in mind that I have a cousin whose wife was due to give birth on the 3rd of November, I thought, ha ha! Shall I continue with this gorgeous craft library along Noro sweater that I'm knitting for the Stitch Together podcast, which I'm not going to finish by the end of October, realistically, or shall I knit something teeny tiny and small for the new baby in my world? So I thought, haha, I'll do that. And so I rummaged around in my queue and found a couple of baby things that I had queued a while ago, earlier this year, um, one of which was the Every Baby Sweater by, now I think you pronounce it, Tega Hilliard. I, it's going to sound really mean, but maybe I shouldn't say this. It's, um, it's, It's a pretty good pattern, but I think it could have been enhanced by having a schematic Um, I paid, I think, $6 for it, and it didn't have a schematic or any measurements. And as I was knitting it, it did occur to me that it feels very, very, very February baby sweater-ish. It's knit top-down, it's got a garter stitch yoke, and then you do a gorgeous chevron pattern, um, which, if like me, you choose a self-starving stock yarn, looks absolutely gorgeous. And I did, did sort of wonder, as I was knitting it, had she based it on the February baby sweater um, because the construction seemed very similar Um, and if it is I did think it was a bit cheeky perhaps to charge six dollars for it when it wasn't 
you know, with any dimensions or schematic. But maybe that's just me being a bit uncharitable. Um, I gave the pattern four stars on Ravelry simply because it didn't have any measurements or um, schematics in it. So it was quite difficult to gauge whether I should do the one knit on the smaller set of needles or the one knit on the larger set of needles because that's all it, it is. It just varies the pattern by knitting it at a certain gauge on 3.75 and 4 mil needles or on, I think it was uh, 4.5 and 5 mil needles. I might be wrong. It might be 4 and 4.5s. Anyway, I knit with the smaller um, set of needles and um, I used the undyed DT Crafts um, Superwash Blue Face Leicester for the yoke um, because it's really nice. It's cream and it, you know, I was, I had been told this was a, a girl baby, so I was fairly confident that um, the gorgeous opal sugar and spice that I was using in the plum colourway, well, at least I think flum is uh, German, sorry about my terrible um, pronunciation there, but I think that's German for plum, and it certainly looks like a picture of a plum on the, the label. Um, it's lilacs and purples and, you know, pale mint greens and, uh, you know, little bits of flashes of blue. But I thought that would go quite nicely with the with a, a undyed yoke. So I did the yoke in the undyed blue face leicester and then the body which has got chevrons in it oh look it's just like the chevron pullover for me but bigger um in um this gorgeous sugar and spice um, opal sock yarn and it's come out really really nice i really like it i've measured it across and it seems to be that it's um, around about 20 and a half inches chest ish um, as best that I could measure it whilst it was blocking but it's uh, it was really nice, I hadn't done a great deal um, and then on Tuesday I got a text message from my cousin telling me that the baby had arrived <laughs> somewhat early but um, perfectly healthy and everyone's absolutely fine but it did mean I had to get a bit of a wiggle on so I wiggled and finished the sweater yesterday. I had a small problem with the, the sleeves. I was going to do it um, on a circular, you know, a bit like magic loop, and I just couldn't get it to work with the, the size circular I had and the size, the number of stitches on the needle um, without it forming great big ladders. So I switched to DPNs, but I was too lazy to go and root out a pair of four millimeter DPNs, and so I actually did um, them on 3.75s because that was what was to hand so that means that the sleeves are a very slightly smaller gauge than the body but I don't suppose that's any great shakes um, it's all very nice and uh, I've sewn the buttons on the little shell flower shaped buttons I've blocked it I've woven the ends in the only thing I haven't done is trim the ends because um, I never trim those until after I've blocked it I don't know why and taken a photograph of the finished object but it's absolutely gorgeous so I finished the sleeve on that yesterday morning and did all the um, sewing and whatnot, um, weaving in of ends and sewing on of buttons yesterday evening um, yesterday as well get me huh, can 
you tell I'm avoiding doing any schoolwork? Um, I actually made a full pair of, I think you pronounce them Sarkis, um, or Sarches, booties, which are those very cute little um, baby booties with the crossover straps, so there's a button either side of the the booty and you knit little crossover straps with little hooks, um, little loops on the end and loop them over the buttons. And the pattern is done in two colours so that the foot of the booty is in one colour and then the top of it, the little upper if you like, so that's a little rim on the main part of the foot and then the the back of it and the two straps is done in the contrast colour. So I was going to do the top in cream and the bottom in the, the same that the body of the jacket was done. But um, actually, I hit about two rows before I would have changed the contrast. I changed colour from the green to the purple anyway. So I decided that I would just stick and, and use the contrast within it. So that's what I've done. I've got the same buttons on the booties as I've got on the jacket. And they are absolutely adorable. Lots and lots and lots of people kept complaining about how many ends there were to weave in. Now, obviously, I've got rid of two ends by changing, by not changing and using a contrast colour. But nevertheless, you know, I mean, I knit them on three millimetre needles, not on 2.5, which is what I think Saatchi or Saatchi um, recommended. So I've got slightly bigger ones. Um, you know, the booty is maybe about three and a half inches long and then up the back. I mean, for goodness sake, that is not a lot of seeming people. And I've got very few ends to weave in. Just, you know, get over yourself, really. Just a bit baffled. Anyway, um, they're rather gorgeous. And uh, I, I knit a pair of those yesterday. So today I've started to knit another pair. I'm going to knit the next size up because she gives instructions for two sizes. I'm going to knit the next size up. I've pulled the yarn about a bit so that um, these ones, I hope, will go from green to purple on the foot, and then I'm going to use the cream as a contrast um, so that they look distinctly different from the others so that um, the baby's parents will realise that there are two pairs of booties and they are two different ones. That's the plan, anyway. Um... And I'm hoping to knock at least one of those out today, if not both of them. So I can't claim those as part of the queue along because I only actually queued those on Wednesday. So they don't count in um, Venus Fuery's, um Subway Knits queue along uh, for winter 2013. But the jacket definitely does. So... I've gone from not having a single finished item since the middle of August to suddenly having two in one day, which was a bit amazing, really. I had forgotten how sweet it is to knit baby things because they are pretty instant. So the next thing I've got um, lined up is the Hannah Fettig sock yarn sweater for children. Um, I've got another cousin who had a little boy earlier this year, the one I knit the Tom Tom jacket for. So I'm thinking maybe a nice little sock yarn sweater for him. Although it's quite interesting that actually having a route around, I didn't have very many boy colour sock yarns. So there's lots of lots of ones I've got, even the ones with the browns in, seem to have sort of flashes of pink or, or lilac. And I don't think a lot of lilac has a boy's colour. Even though my husband wears lilac shirts and looks pretty gorgeous in them, 
um, I wasn't entirely convinced about my cousin's little boy in lilac. So, so I've had a sort of a rummage, and I've got a, f- a couple of opals that might suit, and then I've got a couple of um, superwash merino that's been hand dyed that I bought from the dyer at um, Nick Camp in 2010 in Stirling, East Coast Yarns. Cutting in to say that she was called Left Coast Yarns, not East Coast Yarns. She's called, I think her name was Cindy. So one of those is called Monet and is sort of bluey greens, and one is called Sonara and is sort of a brick red. So I might go for that instead. Um, but they've only got 400, gra- uh, 400 yards and... I think for the second size, you get away with one ball of, I think it's Malabrigo that Hannah Fassi knits it in, which I think is 440. So I'm, you know, not too sure about that. I mean, the opal is only 425 metres, which I'm not sure what that translates to in yards either, um, possibly a similar amount. But at least with those, I can sort of fudge you know, and I can do some sort of contrast welts, maybe. Um, I'm not so sure about doing the contrast welts in uh, in in this hand dyed, because although it's superwash merino, so therefore my cousin could easily chuck the jumper in the the wash. Obviously, with it being hand dyed, I don't know how much it's likely to fade, because um, I don't tend to wash hand dyed things in the machine, even if it's superwash. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see how uh, how the mood takes me. The one thing that I didn't do with the Every Baby Sweater um, little jacket that I just knitted was that I didn't fudge the yarn around to match the sleeves. So, the sleeves are very, very different. Uh, I'm quite delighted that it doesn't bother me. Um, I just hope it doesn't bother the baby's parents. <laughs> I hope they don't sort of look at it and go, ooh, what's she done? Um, but the the um, Hannah Fettig sock yarn baby sweater, if I use the opal with self-striping, I may need to match those um, because my other cousin um, might well find it ir- irritating. And I think I might find it irritating. It's one thing when it's the fake fur isle, fair isle with the... The colours blend and bleed and then you've got the bits with the, um, the splodgy, dark and, and light areas. Um, it's quite another. The two opal yarns that I've got out as a possibility for this sock yarn sweater are more stripes rather than the faux fair isle. So um, I think I would need to match those. So I just, I don't know. The only machine washable um, four ply I've got, I've got some cash soft four ply, Rowan cash soft four ply, but it's in sort of funny shades of green, and I don't know, I don't know if he's a green baby. And again, I've only got 100 grams of um, one colour and then two two different greens in 50 grams, so I still don't know that I'd have enough yards, so I still think I'd need to do contrast cuffs and welts um, so I'll see I'll see what my mum thinks um, I'm going down there today so you know, we'll, uh, I'll, 
I'll, I'll get my mum's opinion on colours for the, the next sock yarn um, sweater. But I'm just, I'm feeling quite pleased with doing things like that. It's sort of nice and instant and, you know, yields results, which is good. So I now have actually, if you count the uh, one test in itself, I now have 13 finished objects for 2013. Whee! So um, I'm hoping to get some more done. Because uh, I'd actually like to make a fair few things off my queue and uh, move them along. So in terms of everything else, um, I have made progress on my Noro um, Chevron pullover, but it's not going to be finished by the end of the knit along which is next Thursday the 31st um, I've got I've started shaping for the sleeves but I'm now on the big stretch before I shape the shoulders and, and then I've still got the front to do so but I am quite you know I'm, I'm going to finish that it's nice and I like knitting um, Noro stripes they're nice and cheerful they cheer me up no end in grotty weather and they are, you know, it's Aran weight on, on five mil needles, so it's, it motors along quite quickly. Um, so I'm quite confident that that's going to get finished within the next, uh, I hope within the next couple of weeks. Um, I haven't actually got it with me this weekend. Um, I'm travelling down to my mum's and mum and dad's right now, uh, and I don't have it with me. I just have sort of things for mum to have a choose sock yarn, sweatery stuff, and... And some uh, hazel knits in a gorgeous chocolate, which is the only machine washable four ply other than the cash soft stuff I've got um, that I've got more than 400 yards of. Unfortunately, um, I've bagsied that because this is the weekend that was due to be fibre flurry, and fibre flurry was cancelled. So the um, the, the, that sort of left a number of tutors at a loose end around um, in the UK that were all tied up originally for fibre flurry. So I know Stitch Solihull um, has a few of them meeting there. I don't know if they're actually running workshops or whether it's just a drop-in and sit and knit and have fun. I know Hilltop Cloud is there to sell some stuff. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll... Or sort of I await reports from that but Perlescence UK which is based in Wantage in um, Oxfordshire bagged Amy Singer from Nitty.com and so I bagged a place on the plug and play lace design workshop tomorrow morning, Sunday morning now Wantage is in Oxfordshire and of course I'm an Oxfordshire girl so I thought oh that's great yeah I'll find I'll uh, go down spend the night with mum and dad's see them briefly because um, I've got some lovely things to, to take to mum anyway and then we'll uh, you know sort of I'll pop over I think I was confusing where Wantage was with where Wallingford is Wallingford isn't that far from where I grew up Wantage is on the other side of the county now you know Oxfordshire is not a huge county not when you compare it to something like Cumbria but to cross it from you know south east to south west which is what I'm going to be doing tomorrow um, there aren't really any major 
roads. It's an awful lot of back country road. Um, so I reckon it's going to take me at least an hour to get there tomorrow morning. So, um, so there you go. So I'm going to be setting out for my mum's about half eight. Eek. <laughs> uh, but uh, never mind. So I'm really looking forward to that. So I've got um, cables. I've got interchangeable needle tips. I've got um, this lovely chocolate brown artisan hazelnuts um, four ply superwash merino and nylon which is gorgeous and squishy I bought it at iNit London um, ooh not the first one the second one 2008 the one where the yarn harlot gave the talk I bought it from the Soctopus stand there absolutely gorgeous and I've done nothing with it so um much as it would be a fab colour <laughs> a sweater for a little boy uh, I've bagged it um, because I just fancied using it rather than um, anything else but maybe I would have been better making that into a little boy sweater dark chocolate brown I don't know, anyway um, we'll see we'll see so the only thing I haven't got is graph paper, I've realised. I've got some very big two centimetre square paper, but that's no good. So I'll have to see if I can find some graph paper somewhere. Uh, I, hope, I hope my dad's got some. <laughs> it was the kind of thing my dad always used to have, um, packs of graph paper. Whether he's still got any, I don't know. But um, if not, I'll have to pop into the stationers, hopefully. And, you know, uh, disaster notwithstanding road traffic jams and understanding I should be able to get there um, before the station has closed in the town so I should be able to pop in and get some so so that's um, that's that I haven't really done anything else um, knitting wise at all I've not or crochet wise I've not touched the iris scarf I've not um, worked on anything else I have however this week spun I have spun all of the um, merino nylon rainbow that I started back in the summer and then did nothing with. I kind of had got to the almost to the end of the pink section, which was the first section. Well, I've spun all of that up as singles. Um, some of them it's a bit thin in places, um, but there we are. And I've Navajo plied most of it. I've chain plied most of it now. I'm back to the pink section, which is the first section. Um, but I have discovered it's ages since I've chain plied. And um, I did it on the Joy, which has a built-in lazy cape. And oh, uh, no. I am much, much better having my bobbin under tension on my competition lazy cape um, than having it loose when I'm chain plying it's oh, uh, just at various points if there'd been a video camera in the conservatory you would have been howling with laughter because I certainly was howling with anguish at various points I was leaning back uh, I was sat with my bottom right on the edge of the, of the um, sofa I'd leant back uh, almost to the full extent of my arm I'd have a bit in my mouth where I was trying to stop it going back on itself because the singles were so energised and overspun they were spinning back on themselves then it would um, snap where I'd done a really thin bit and oh just a nightmare so I'm very nearly at the end haven't quite finished it Um, but I am 
you know, I'm quite looking forward to doing something with it. I, th- I would quite like to knit. I don't know whether I'm going to... Depends how much yardage I get out of it. I quite fancy doing um, another Revon Thule, which is that semicircular zigzag shawl. It's really nice. It's got, again, it's got that kind of chevron pattern, like on the bottom of the Noro sweater and on the baby sweater. I have got this whole chevron stripey thing going on at the minute. Um, so I don't know whether to um, use it for that, if I've got enough yardage or what. But I want something that's just going to let the colours sing. And that Revon Tuli is quite... Quite a quiet design. It lets the yarn speak. It's not big and lacy, so I might go for that. Uh, and that's it, really. The only other thing that I've done is two weeks ago, when Mum and Dad came up, I finally took Mum for her birthday present. Uh, sorry, her Christmas present from last year. I bought her a day glass workshop with my friend B at Crafts from the Dungeon and I um, I basically bought it for two so I could go to because <laughs> I'm just you know how terrible is that really um, but I just I didn't know whether mum would want a day a one to one workshop you know um, with with someone so I thought you know someone, B only does the glass workshops one to one or she only does them two to one if the two people already know each other because you end up getting quite close and, you know, brushing bottoms um, in her workshop. But it was absolutely fantastic, and it was just superb. So the the idea of the day is that she talks you through how the kiln works and how glass responds in the kiln, um, but always with the proviso that you can only ever ask glass to do something. You can't tell it to do something. It's too almost sentient really and so what happens is you decide what the key thing is you want to make that will um, determine the temperature that the kiln will need to go to and then you then look at that temperature and think what else you can make and what else you could fill the kiln with because you never run the kiln with only some of the space taken up you always fill the kiln Um, so the whole reason that I bought her the workshop is that I bought a set of gorgeous coasters from B a couple of years ago to go in my conservatory before my conservatory had even been, um, had the ground broken. <laughs> but that, that's what I wanted them for. And my mum fell in love with them. And they're very simple square coasters with um, little dichroic stepping stones. Um, so little pieces of glass that go across and shimmer and just look fabulous they change colour depending on how the light lands on them so mum had said I really really like them so I'd said to B have you got any more of those because I'd really like to um, you know buy some for mum for Christmas and she had said ah get her to make them yourself herself so I thought you know what that would be a great thing because it is quite difficult to sometimes work out what to buy my mum and dad and so I thought right if I buy that for for mum then that would be great and she she can have a, a day and she can make her own coasters so that's what we did. Um, unfortunately, B became um, quite poorly again at the beginning of the year, so it wasn't really up to doing a day's workshop in the um, in on the, the glass because it is quite um, it's an awful lot of stamping around. 
so that's why it's taken us this long to do it but so that's what we decided we both decided we were going to make a set of coasters each another set of coasters and then um, we would fill the rest of the kiln with things so um, we both made a set of four coasters and then mum made two necklaces to go with them um, two pendants which bees then when, when she took them out of the kiln the next day she set them onto um, jewellery fixings jewellery findings um, and then mum also made two um, Christmas hangings of little holly leaves I made um, a pendant and two earrings um, two dangling earrings and a pair of cufflinks for my husband all in the same silvery dichroic glass how sadly matchy matchy is that um, I've got him a pair of matching cufflinks um, it's quite interesting I've bought him um, cufflinks from B before and I have um, jewellery from B before and it's quite interesting you look at mine and it doesn't look too bad and then you look at B's and you realise just quite how blobby and slightly irregular mine is um, and that she has a much neater finish being that much more experienced at cutting the glass to exactly the size that she wants to cut it to so um, so it's quite funny but yeah so I made um uh, a pendant and some earrings and some cufflinks I made then three buttons like the toggly buttons on my um, knitted Noro bag and one of them has gone a bit skewy um, the other two are fine and then I made one Christmas tree decoration as well so we had a lovely day um, and it was just really nice and then sort of packed up, left everything in the, the kiln um, so we could go on during the evening and then cool overnight and then B sent me a picture of them on Monday and it was absolutely lovely so uh, it was just wonderful I really, really enjoyed it it was a great day, it was really interesting working with something other than um, fluff um, I've still got I think nearly two weeks afterwards I still think I've got a little tiny piece of glass in as a splinter um, in my finger, but it's, you know, it doesn't hurt anymore, it's just a slight lump, so I don't know whether I should keep digging it out with a sterilised needle or not, um, but it, it was absolutely brilliant, so that's all the crafty stuff that I've done recently, um, and so, you know, that, that's where I'm at. So I think I'm going to have that as my, actually, as my something I really like, which is just taking workshops generally to learn new skills, even if it's something that you're not going to pursue long term because it's just, it's not a hobby that you can, you know, sit out on the, on the dining table, you know, <laughs> you, need, you know, having a glass kiln is um, an investment and it's an investment of space as well as an investment of um, money but that that is my something I really like is just taking workshops to try new crafts really enjoyed it so that's just about wrapped me up for today it's only a, a shortish episode um, I don't know whether I'll be able to get any audio tomorrow with Amy Singer or not um, I sometimes feel that actually it's quite intrusive to try and do that um, so um, I'm, I'm possibly not going to 
Um, but I will give you a full report, I promise. And uh, we'll see what comes out of it. Because uh, you know me, and I do love my workshops. So, until next time, take care. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Episodes and show notes can be found at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. Comments can be left there or at yarnsfromtheplain.blogspot.com or you can message me on Ravelry where I'm Tales from the Plain. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com and you can also find me at Twitter where I tweet as Tales from Plain. Go on, make yourself heard. <laughs>